sins away. Oh, say much I'm glad. From the international headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. I am so pleased that you've joined us today, and if you'll stay with us for the next 14 and a half minutes, we will have a good time. I promise you we're going to dig into the Bible and give you some things that'll be a help to you. Now, we are in the midst of, in fact, nearing the end of, a series of messages that I've called Life-Changing Bible Principles. And what we've done, we've dug through the book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew, finding basic principles that are designed to help us in our walk with the Lord and in our work for the Lord. We are, in fact, in a position where that we need the Lord's help. We're mere humans, and we need the Lord's help. We're born again when we come to Christ, but we still need the Lord to guide us and give us direction about how we function, how we live, how we behave, and these life-changing Bible principles will do that, and they will distinguish us from the outside world, and that's something that we need. Now, remember, the weekend's coming, and we're looking forward to that. It'll be here before you know it, and this coming weekend, I'll be at Central Baptist Church in Panama City, Florida, for Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, and I hope that many of you there will join us in that great church, in that great meeting, and we'll look forward to that Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday this coming week. Now, the National Sword of the Lord Conference is July 17 through 20, and the details for that are on the Sword website at swordofthelord.com. So I hope you'll check it out, and as well, all the other things that you'll find there. Now, here we are today looking in Matthew 22 and 23. These two chapters have some principles for us. The first one is found in verses 36 and following. Matthew chapter 22, verse 36 and following. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, asked Jesus a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And then he added something. He said, And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, what the Lord is telling us here is not some repudiation of the Ten Commandments found in Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5. Instead, he is summarizing what we have in those more detailed accounts of the Lord's commandments. And of course, whenever we read through the Bible, we find other commandments that are given right here in the New Testament. There are other things that are identified as commandments of the Lord. But when they ask him, what is the great commandment? I don't know. I think there's a little bit of a trapping in that question, but Jesus was right up to the test. And he said, listen, the great commandment is you're to love the Lord thy God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. That means you are to give him your complete and devoted attention. You are to love him with the kind of depth, with the kind of width. I mean, he is in every sense of the word, the love of your life. And Jesus lays that out very clearly. But then he says, there's a second thing here. You can't love God and not have love for other people as well. He says the second one comes right 
after the first one. I mean, it follows closely. I mean, you're talking about tailgating. I mean, this one comes right. I mean, it's right on the bumper of the first one. And he said, you're to love your neighbor as yourself. And whenever you and I see people like the Lord sees them, we're going to have a love for them as the Lord has a love for them. And so this is the commandment that I call the great commandments principle. In the plural, the great commandments. First great one, second great one. Jesus lays that out very clearly. Now, the second principle we look at today is found in the next chapter, chapter 23 and verse 23. And this time, there's some debate over tithing. There's some question about what we do, what we give, how we give, what the law is requiring, what the Lord is requiring. Is there a difference? Is there something between the two that has changed now that we're in the New Testament era? And Jesus says in this one, verse 23 of chapter 23, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. So here we have the principle that I call the done and undone principle. He said, you're doing one thing and not doing another. And both of them are to be done. He said pointedly, you ought to have done this. You ought to have done the tithing. But he said, you should not just do that. You ought to also be a good steward of judgment and mercy and faith. So sometimes people want to go through the motions. They want to do something that's visible. They want to do something that's out on the surface, but they don't want to do the weightier matters, as Jesus called them. And that is unacceptable. Now, should we tithe? Yes, we should. Absolutely. There's no question about that. It's laid out clearly in the Old Testament, and this passage alone makes it clear that Jesus is not throwing that aside. He's not telling us, well, now that we're in the New Testament era, you don't have to do that. No, he's not telling us that at all. He says pointedly, these ought ye to have done. Now, that is as straight, it is as clear, it is as pointed as it can possibly be. And dear friend, I know some of us like to trim things back. We like to think, well, we can toss a dollar in the offering plate and we can do as little as possible. Well, look, the whole matter of grace is not to do less, but it's to do more. And the Lord has done more for us when we live in His grace and by His grace. And whenever you and I realize that we are living under grace, it ought not to be a lesser thing that we do, but it ought to be even more. I mean, just sheer gratitude ought to drive us to do more. You know, when I'm thankful, it doesn't make me less active. It doesn't make me want to just hedge and back off. But when I'm grateful, I mean, that pushes me forward. That gives me drive. It gives me motivation. And so it is here, this principle I call the done and undone principle. Jesus is simply saying, both of these you should have done. You do one, you do the other. And if you do them like you ought to do, you will not leave either one of them undone. So it's a powerful principle. And again, I know it affects your pocketbook, and you'll forgive me if I don't hedge on it. You'll forgive me if I remind you that it is in the Bible. You'll forgive me if I don't try to protect your pocketbook and uh, tell you that you don't have to do what the Bible says. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to tell you exactly what the Bible says, and it's laid out here so clearly. I mean, we don't have to even wonder whether or not 
this is the way that it should be. So you'll forgive me for being honest with you, for being forthright, even when it concerns your pocketbook, okay? All right, let's look at the next one now. This one is in verse 24, same chapter, chapter 23 of Matthew. And this one says, "Ye blind guides which strain at a net and swallow a camel. Now this one I simply call the gnat and camel principle. Here's the deal. Whenever you find a gnat, that's K-N-A-T, you find a gnat, that little flying creature that you'll see sometimes on the outside when you walk out onto the deck or you walk out in the yard, little tiny thing, and uh, yet uh, it is compared here to a camel. Now, I've seen camels. In fact, I've been on a camel. I rode a camel in Israel And uh, I'm telling you, a camel is a sizable animal. And what he says here is, uh, you know, you are straining at a net and swallowing a camel. That is, you are looking carefully at this little tiny matter, and yet here comes along some big matter, and you just gulp it down and treat it like it doesn't matter at all. Folks, let's be sure that we treat small items like small items and big items like big items. Let's be sure that we don't trivialize what we ought to prioritize. It's an important concept. If it's a gnat, don't treat it like a camel. If it's a camel, don't treat it like a gnat. And whenever you and I get spiritual discernment, we get some ability to discern things, it will enable us to figure this kind of stuff out. It is a very, very important principle. Let's do one more. This one in Matthew 23 as well, verse 25 and following says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. Thou blind guide, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also." Then he goes on to say in verse 27, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you liken to whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones and of all uncleanness. Even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within you are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Listen, this is absolutely stunning. And Jesus says, some of you are letting the cup stay dirty on the inside, you're polishing the outside, but you're drinking out of a dirty cup. And he says, that's not the way to do it. You know, once in a while, maybe when I'm in a restaurant somewhere, they'll put a fork on the table. I pick it up or a knife or a spoon. And whenever I look at the instrument that they expect me to use in eating, I discover food on it from the last person who used it. Now, you know what I do with that? I very kindly asked them to replace it. I want a clean knife, a clean spoon, a clean fork. Uh, Once in a while at a buffet, you'll go and pick up a plate, and I always look at them carefully. Sometimes they're not real clean, and I set it aside. I've done that many times. Even if it looks like it might be a little bit unclean, I set it aside because I want a clean plate. Now, Jesus said it's important for us to keep the plate clean. The inside needs to be clean, not just the outside. Sometimes people think, well, if I do a good show, if I make a good presentation religiously, if people see what's on the outside of me, I don't have to have the inside going well. Listen, Jesus said that's hypocrisy. 
be on the inside what you show on the outside, and let what you show on the outside be what's real on the inside, is what he's telling us here. In fact, he goes on to really lay bare this issue when he tells these scribes and Pharisees, he said, you are a bunch of hypocrites because you are whiting the sepulcher. That's like whitewashing it. You are putting some paint on the outside, but inside those dead men are rotting away, and they're nothing now but just a bunch of bones and maybe a little skin and stuff left. And he's just simply saying they're rotten on the inside, even though it is showing shiny on the outside. And no one of us ought to be like that. No one of us should be living that kind of an existence. We ought instead to do everything that we possibly can do to honor the Lord and to let our light shine in a strong way. But that light ought to reflect what's on the inside of us. Our inside and our outside ought to be in agreement. And if we'll get it that way, then we're in a strong position. We are dealing with things in the way that's pleasing to the Lord. You know, when I look at this passage here in Matthew 23 and see Jesus on several occasions looking at this religious crowd, these scribes and Pharisees, man, they had religion. They had all kinds of religion. I mean, they were going to the temple on a regular basis, and they were lifting up prayers and all kinds of stuff. But Jesus said that they were hypocrites. They were pretending. They did not have the reality of faith deep inside of them. And when you and I get this thing understood, it ought to drive us to just get the inside cleaned up, to get the inside working right, to get the inside on track with God. And if we'll do that, we won't be under the indictment that the Lord gave to these scribes and Pharisees. Instead, we'll be on good ground. And I want to share some more of this. Tomorrow, we'll do the last four of these, and I trust that this is being a help to you. So I hope you'll join me again tomorrow for the broadcast. In the meantime, remember, I love to hear from you. So write me a note real soon. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. And I look forward to hearing from you. And until tomorrow when we get together right here, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day and goodbye for now.